listeners, and welcome to the latest episode of Extra Extra. It's all about whiskey. I remain your host, Jason Johnson Yellen. Over there on the other side of that screen is Joshua Morrissey Hatton. I know I used Joshua Morrissey H. Hatton the other time. Yeah. I, I know we didn't make the grand reveal, and that's not going to change. So, hello. Is it because you haven't thought of what that H might be? Or How do you dare know? you, sir? How dare you? How dare you? I still haven't heard what the antonym to pejorative is. Like, I'm waiting. Like, <laughs> me and the listeners were waiting for that. <laughs> wrong wrong podcast, mate. Wrong oh, podcast. Right. Keep this keep this on the tracks here. Okay, okay. Each week in Extra Extra, one of us will bring a oftentimes whiskey-related news story to the attention of the other. We will read it in the first half. We'll riff on it in the second half. And we always, always, always set your watch by us. Get out of here in a tight 35. Even the last episode, tight 35. Tight 35. The tightest of 35s. Super tight. It's my turn to bring a story. Mm-hmm. There's there's something big happened this week, and I, it's hard to not be the ones talking about it. But there's then a second edition to the very topic that we mm-hmm. have this week. Mm-hmm. So I am bringing to you Joshua Hatton. Joshua H. Hatton, from the Lexington Herald Leader, authored by Janet Patton on October 31st of this year. Patton, got it. The very story, Kentucky Bourbon Distillery, 14th largest in world, selling for $600 million. 14th largest in world or in the world? In, in world. <laughs> you, you pay by the letter with the Lexington Herald. Is it the Lexington Herald? Uh, that's the Lexington Herald leader, leader. if you don't Sorry. mind. Yep. Okay. And not, not, to, not to go too far from our, our chosen topic here, but Janet Patton mm-hmm. has got a tremendous byline that oh, is wow. at the very bottom-most Part of the page. Okay. So I have just scrolled past the entire article that I'm reading today to tell you that Janet Patton covers restaurants, bars, Mm -hmm. food, and bourbon for the Herald Leader. She is an award-winning business reporter who also has covered agriculture, gambling, horses, and hemp. That's... Uh, that's amazing. I mean, that really <laughs> is a really wide good. spectrum of of topics to be reporting on. I love this. Oh, I love, this. Re- I love yeah. it. Yeah. Love it, love it. Awesome. So we're in safe hands with Janet Patton today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So Kentucky Bourbon Distillery, 14th largest in the world, selling for $600 million. As we say, the article was originally out October 31st. It was updated November 3rd. So oh, here we go, Joshua. Okay. A decade-old Kentucky craft distillery has been sold in a deal valued at $600 million. The Italian spirits company Campari Group, which already owns Wild Turkey Distillery in Lawrenceburg, announced on Monday that it is buying Wilderness Trail Distillery in Danville. Hmm. In a news release, Campari praised Wilderness Trail's, quote, skillfully handcrafted and fast-growing super premium bourbon and rye whiskey brand with world-class distillery facilities. Hmm. Close quote. 
The move is part of a deliberate doubling down on bourbon, particularly at the premium end of the market, Hmm. according to the company, which expects to shift Wilderness Trail's product away from bulk spirits sold to others. Hmm. Campari, which is a publicly traded company in Italy, is buying an initial 70% stake for $420 million dollars with plans to buy the remaining 30% interest in 2031. The transaction is expected to close before the end of the year. The next subject line here, next subheading, is Wilderness Trail Distillery History. Wilderness Trail Distillery launched in 2012 when founders Shane Baker and Pat Heist leveraged long years of experience in commercial ethanol production to create their own craft distillery in downtown Danville. Hmm. The company quickly outgrew its modest facilities and now has opened a much bigger location just outside of town that is now ranked as the 14th largest bourbon distillery in the world. If you remember our headline... Mm -hmm. It's the 14th largest bourbon distillery in the world. Yeah, that that puts a bit of perspective. However, some of these bourbon distilleries are massive because of the continuous distillation. Exactly. Right? So it'll be interesting to hear what the output is because I'll be honest, I don't know what the output is. I like you assume we're going to learn that. According to a Wilderness Trail spokesperson, Baker and Heist will remain the faces of the brand and will stay in their roles at the distillery as fermentation experts. Quote, This is huge for Wilderness Trail and our family of employees, Baker said in an email. Quote continues, Wilderness Trail has been growing leaps and bounds over the years and we found ourselves with an opportunity to grow our brand further into an iconic brand known around the world. We know how to make excellent whiskey, and now with the expertise of sales and marketing and distribution with Campari, we believe we can grow the brand a lot more rapidly and solidify Wilderness Trail Bourbon in Kentucky history for a long time to come. Hmm. End quote. In 2018, Wilderness Trail released its first two expressions, Wilderness Trail Bourbon and Wilderness Trail Rye Whiskey. They also sell six-year and eight-year bourbons, all priced at or above $55 a bottle. Hmm. Next section, the future of Wilderness Trail and Campari. Last year, Wilderness Trail Distillery had net sales of over $40 million, including $7 million in sales of its bourbon and rye, according to Campari's news release. The rest came from bulk sales and storage fees and its visitor's centre. Oh, wow. Okay. This year, Wilderness Trail is expected to generate overall sales of $57 million, up 39%, according to the news release, as the sales shift to more of its own bourbon and rye brands rather than bulk sales. 
Campari indicated it plans to continue shifting the output to its own premium portfolio. Hmm. Quote, We are very excited to take a controlling interest in world-class wilderness trail distillery, said Bob Kuhn's Consuits. Campari Group CEO in a news release. By adding, this is a continuation of the quote, okay. by adding the fast-growing super premium wilderness trail brand, we further expand and premiumize our bourbon offering, priming it to become Campari Group's second major leg after the aperitif portfolio. Hmm. In addition, we have the opportunity to significantly expand our production capacity and ageing inventory to satisfy the future growth of our premium bourbons, such as the high-potential Whiskey Barons range, currently capped due to capacity constraints. We are very excited to partner with such a strong team of industry pioneers and distilling experts, allowing us to accelerate and significantly expand the innovation platform for our bourbon portfolio. Close quote. Couple of paragraphs left. Okay. Campari bought Wild Turkey in 2009 and has worked to create premium versions of the whiskies in its portfolio, such as Russell's Reserve and Long Branch, that sell at much higher prices. The company also in August 2022 acquired an initial minority interest with plans to take over Howler Head, a banana-flavoured Kentucky bourbon. Hmm. All right. According to the news release, American whiskey is currently among the hottest spirits category in the US market, leveraging the continued positive trend across brown spirits, accounting for 13% of the total US spirits market in 2021, up 7% over the previous year, with sales in the super premium price segment up 17%. Now, that's one article. But Joshua, I don't come to you this day with one article. I come to you with two. Why come once when you can come twice, right? Easy, easy, With the articles. Easy, easy. Oof, the interior journal's going to love the mention of their name after that joke. <laughs> <laughs> this is a very quick article. Okay. But Checks it out. Got it, but it has extensive quotes um, that I thought put a few more leaves on some branches, and I thought it added okay. some nice color. Okay. Good. So this is Lance either Gator or Gaither, uh, G-A-I-T-H-E-R, from... The Interior Journal, which is another Kentucky publication. On Monday, there's no headline. <laughs> we just, there's no headline. It's just straight into Oh, no, no, no. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I scrolled down too far. I apologize. Oh, hold. Wait a second. Oh, wait. Now it's not even by Lance Gaither. It's, <laughs> it's by John Reitman. <laughs> it's got two credits on it. Wow. It's like the, uh, it's like the Sybil of journalists. So the headline is Wilderness Trail co-founder says Campari acquisition is a win-win. And at the top, it says it's by John Reitman. And before you get to the article, 
the name Lance Gaither is thrown around. Mm. And so I don't know where to give credit, but we have mentioned both names. Mm-hmm. On Monday, it was announced that Italian company Campari has purchased a 70% stake in Wilderness Trail Distillery with an agreement to purchase the remaining 30% in 2031. Wilderness Trail co-founder Shane Baker is confident that the partnership will benefit the Wilderness Trail brand and the community. Mm. Quote, This is huge for Wilderness Trail and our family of employees, Baker said. Quote continues, Wilderness Trail has been growing leaps and bounds over the years and we found ourselves with an opportunity to grow our brand further into an iconic brand known around the world. We know how to make excellent whiskey, and now with the expertise of sales and marketing and distribution with Campari, we believe we can grow the brand a lot more rapidly and solidify Wilderness Trail Bourbon in Kentucky history for a long time to come. Mm-hmm. So we heard that in the previous article. Mm-hmm. Baker said that he and his fellow co-founder, Pat Heist, were in the process of creating a new long-term business plan when initial talks began. Quote, another serious quote, the partnership really developed rapidly over the past several months and continued to materialise into the partnership we have created now, Baker said. Quote continues, Wilderness Trail was working on our new 10 to 20 year business plan and part of that is the finance plan for that next phase of growth. Mm. We are a family owned and operated business and we have been able to grow the business with our original 10-year plan. As we saw the opportunity to become an iconic brand known around the world, we had a simple question. Do we want 100% of the grape or 50% of the watermelon? Oh, I like that. Yeah. Ironically, we were having lunch at that time. But it helped us look beyond and recognize with a strong partner like the Campari Group, We could make the journey happen. And now this is the final paragraph. The acquisition will not affect staffing at the distillery and it will continue to have a presence in the local community. And we close with a large quote from Baker. The only changes our fans can expect is being able to find it a lot more easily as our partnership brings expanded distribution to Wilderness Trail. Pat and I remain minority owners in the brand, active in the operations and within our community. We have our fur ball coming up. So I hope they took some medicine to help it. We have our fur ball coming up, supporting one of my favourite charities, our local Humane Society. We will continue to do everything we have been doing and our focus is on growing the brand and bringing more awareness to it on a global basis. And every chance we get to highlight how wonderful of a community Danville is. What a nice way to end an article. This closes the half. We will be back in the next. Before we jump into the second half fully, we would be remiss if we didn't give a nod to another acquisition this week where it was announced Diageo has purchased Texas single malt whiskey producer 
Balcones. Balcones. Balcones, indeed. Well, you, were, you paused. You wanted me to say long. that, right? Well, I'm always curious how long I can pause for before you jump into the gap. And so it was more I was reading your eyes as we were going through that. Okay. Well, I didn't. And then you jumped into the gap. I, I did. I know. Hesitantly. So, but, oh. But, I feel like we're but talking. But I didn't. Are we? Are I don't think this is working right now. I, do you want to start the second half again? <laughs> no, I'm pretty happy with it. <laughs> so, but the question that comes to my mind, and I, and I know we we want to talk about the Wilderness Trail a bit. I know we want to maybe bring in some of the Balcones a little bit. We can riff, buddy. We can do whatever the hell we want in the second half. Well, my initial Murray Murray's not listening to this part. He's he's okay. out of here after he after we read the article. Does he only care about the news? Your brother? He does. He only listens to this podcast for the articles. <laughs> well, I'm about to whip out the centerfold, which has three parts, which brings yeah, me to on. my... Yeah. There's a staple covering it. <laughs> Things always happen in threes, right? Ah. right? We, we've got the wilderness trail. We've got... You know what the third one's going to be? Yeah, that's, that's what I'm curious. Glenn Farkless. You think so? Are we saying that? Are we riffing? Like, did you just say that aloud? <laughs> I definitely said it, and it was aloud. Don't know if it's going to remain. Well, I, I was thinking more Starlight or, um, I, I, I don't know. Some There are a few, a handful of bourbon producers that are really making a splash. I think Wilderness Trail has been making a splash and you know obviously we have a story here but i've been hearing the similar size splashes of of news and excitement around distilleries slash brands like new riff and and starlight as well perhaps more so than wilderness trail but you know maybe that's the circles that i move in and that was exactly the point I was going to make. And so I, I was talking to Bill Thomas this week, the owner-proprietor at Jack Rose Dining Saloon in Washington, D.C. He's been a champion of Wilderness Trails mm, from mm-hmm. day one, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even before day one. And and in talking to him, he reckons that it's, it's amongst the top distilleries in Kentucky of, of the last century. And by that, I mean 100 years, not not 22 years that we've been going in this one. Wow. Um, and he firmly believes in their efficiency of process. Mm-hmm. He firmly believes in their sweet mash. And he firmly believes in the ways in which they use and understand yeast. Oh, interesting. Oh, I like that yeah. last bit there. Well, so, so a separate company that the owners have is yeast. They sell yeast to brewers and distillers. Oh, okay. And is that how they so got they into are, the ethanol part of the... So that okay. I don't All know, right? right? Yeah. That I don't know. Right. But, but the fact that they seem to have this ongoing, that there's been no mention in any mm-hmm. of the Campari stuff mm-hmm. about Campari now owning a yeast company. I, I don't see why they would have interest, but I didn't think Pernod Ricard would have had any interest in owning the whiskey exchange. So here we are. 
Just to pivot back to, to where you started the second half with these things happen in threes. Okay, we've got wilderness trails, we've got balconies. If When this week started, did you imagine we were going to be hearing about the sale of wilderness trails or the sale of balconies? I just like that you keep on calling them wilderness trails. I, th- I thought that was correct. Is that incorrect? It that is, is not their name? It's just Wilderness okay, Trail. Okay, it is Wilderness Trail. Well, that's good because I've wanted to say Wilderness Trail, but I keep correcting myself <laughs> to Wilderness Trails. So, so okay, all right. Wilderness Trail. So, I will get it. So repeat the, the question right. for me because I was too busy fixating on <laughs> your mistake. It's so rare that you make one. I forgot to point it out to our listeners. <laughs> no, I will own it. I was I was purposely correcting it in my head to an incorrection. So, uh, yeah. So, what was the question? Did you think you would you would when this week started, or last week started? Yeah. You know, we're obviously recording the week the news broke. But did you think we'd be hearing about the sale of Wilderness Trail no, no. and or balconies this week? Like, no. Well. <sighs> You know, again, it's it's back to the circles that we find ourselves in and the whiskeys that we find in our glass, right? Wilderness Trail has never been a distillery or a brand that's that's been on my radar. Starlight has, New Riff has, New Riff for sure has. Like what they've been doing is really, um, I've really been enjoying what they've been doing. It's not that I've been avoiding Wilderness Trail. They just haven't been on my radar. So, like, if... You you know, earlier when you were saying Starlight? Yeah. Do you know what I was hearing in my head? Uh, Light Bright. Starlaw. Oh, really? Oh, that's funny. And I was thinking, oh, he's going with an Australian distillery for sale. Okay, he's making a global statement here. And then, no? Who's Starlaw? (laughs) Starlaw. Where are you in the world? Where are you, Carmen San Diego? Starlaw is is the grain distillery for Glen Murray. Oh fuck! Yeah, you're so thinking Starward. Oh my god, dude! You gotta stop throwing the stars at me. <laughs> no, that's Dancing with the Stars, no, the TV Star- show with the. <laughs> Wait, what did I wish upon last night? Wait, and then there was a third star in the sky, and I went off to Neverland. Um, okay. So just to be clear, because you don't need to edit any of this. I'm not going to edit any stand, of this. No, yeah, okay. yeah. I will happily stand by all this. So so we've got Starlight, yeah. which is a, a Kentucky-based distillery, or is that the one over the border from Kentucky and Indiana? It's also a young girl's doll that I think you could have purchased in the 80s, but Starlight was the Indiana distillery. Starlight, Star Bright. There's then Starlaw, which mm-hmm. is the grain distillery in Edinburgh that's owned by La, La Martina Case. Yeah. Okay. And then there's Star Word, yep. which is the Australian, the Australian yes. single malt yeah. producer. And then there's Star Wars, which is a, a, a small independent film um, that came out some while. You probably haven't heard of it. Star Trek. Fuck. So what this was your question? <laughs> well, what was your answer? <laughs> so so what what I was what I was saying was you had asked did I expect this news uh about wilderness trail being purchased? And again, my answer is I haven't been avoiding the brand. It's just never been one that's been yeah. on my radar 
for me to deep dive into while, meanwhile, New Riff was, Balcones was, um, Starlaw was, right? These are brands that, that are more in my visual range than, than Wilderness Trail ever was. And when I heard that, especially for the dollar amount, that blew my mind, right? I think back to just five years ago, six years ago, seven years ago. I don't remember how many years ago. But uh, uh, High West purchased by Constellation mm-hmm. for $160 million. And that included not only the High West brand, but the contracts that came along with the brand and the distillery that came along with the brand. And here we are just a few years later, and it's nearly three times the amount of what Constellation paid for High West. Which, let me just, which seemed to be a much more ubiquitous brand from the standpoint of going into a store and just finding it everywhere. But I do wonder about production at Wilderness Trail Mm. seems to be far ahead of where production was at High West at the time it sold. They'd only just newly opened the new, bigger, standalone distillery that I haven't followed the story at all, but word was they were going to go into immediate expansion of the bigger, standalone distillery. Yeah. So... So even though that number at the time for High West was mind-boggling, because it must have been right around the time that Remy purchased Brookladdy for fifty-three million pounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so these numbers were. When I heard six hundred million, I didn't even bat an eyelid. I was like, yeah, that's that's the number. That's, that's the way it goes. But I I want to come back to something. I, I don't want to seem flip in my inclusion of Glenn Farkless earlier. Mm-hmm. We haven't really talked about it in, in any real way, shape or form, but but George Grant, sixth generation Grant, is no longer with that distillery. Right. And, and a lot of the talk in whiskey circles is now, what's next? You've got an aging fifth generation. You had the sixth generation ready to take over the reins now completely leave the picture Mm. the talk is how much for a Glenfarclas who might line up to purchase Glenfarclas how does a brand like Glenfarclas survive a corporate buyout Mm. and still move forward with the reputation, the lineup, the global presence that it has. And it's interesting listen, listening to Shane Baker, who says, we're still going to be you know, family-owned minority. We're still going to be committed to the community. But this will allow us to have a greater footprint across the United States and a greater f- footprint globally. Mm. These are conditions that make a distillery attractive to a corporation that wants to make an acquisition. However, that corporation then needs to be careful as it moves forward to make sure it doesn't sink the value of its own acquisition by doing a corporate takeover. And final sentence, 
Campari has shown themselves to be adept at this, the way they have allowed the way they have allowed Wild Turkey to have Very Jimmy yeah. Russell, to Eddie Russell, to Bruce Russell. They're, they've shown themselves to be smart corporate leaders who understand what consumers want to buy into. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that they'll be as savvy with Wilderness Trail. And so the only just to tie a bow in my own statement here, Glenn Farkless becomes of interest because it will need, assuming it does sell, it would need a savvy corporate buyer who doesn't sink the value upon takeover. Okay, so two two things here. Uh, first is when when I think of Glenn Farkless, and it, it's you know it's interesting that you you pulled that name out. I totally see why you pulled that name out because it seems like if there is to be a third, that's potentially an obvious one. If we're looking at the wide world of whiskey and not just focusing on an American production. But I've always lumped Glenn Farkless in with that of Springbank, where you've got a rightly right, so, a very, rightly so. very, um, very much focused on on family, on independence. So much so, where they said, "You know what? Campbelltown gets this distillery." Yep. Um, I I almost see the Grant family saying, "You know what?" Aberlauer gets this distillery, right? I, 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 I can. That's a great. That's a great point to be making. And, you know, when when this acquisition of Wilderness Trail popped up, and then Balcones followed mm-hmm. suit just a few days after, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm friends with, not not friends with, but Facebook friends with Chuck Cowdery, right? Who people who are listening to this probably know his name. He is one of the one of the biggest bourbon writers out there. And just the other day when it was announced that Diageo purchased Balcones, his mm-hmm. response was, and this, I'm just reading his Facebook quote, my first reaction to the news that Diageo bought Balcones, question mark, it's the beginning of the end. Now, that's, talk about a declarative statement. That really is a declarative statement. So then as you, as you read, and this is interesting, as you read the, um, the thread, our friend Dave Schmier says, the end of? Yeah, and, that's the question. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, and Chuck says, le boom, as in the whiskey boom. I wonder if he's working on a longer form piece because there's – a lot of threads to be teased out of this is the end. I, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go carry water for Diageo, but you could also argue it's the beginning for American single malt whiskey if you get corporate backing. It's exactly what Shane Baker's, we've been quoting Shane Baker saying all through today's episode, yeah. right? You now have a global market for American single malt. So uh, I... <laughs> Let's let's rewind. How, how is that a bad thing? Let's rewind though, and uh, let's get back to the idea. Let's get, let's get back to Balcones. Let's get back to Wilderness Trail, and this idea of a much larger corporation purchasing a small independent distillery. 
what did what was that distillery doing that made them popular, right? And if we take this this same idea of a large organization buying an independent distillery, let's think of Brown, Brown Foreman purchasing Glendronach and Ben Riach. And listen, they're going to do with their distilleries what they are going to do. However, there was a lot of noise made when Brown Foreman changed Glendronach from 46% non-chill filtered down to 43% chill filtered and caramel color added. And that pissed off a lot of their consumers. And so a lot of their consumers said, well, that's the end of Glendronach for me. I'm going to drink Tam Dew. I'm going to drink Glen Farkless. I'm going to drink Glen Alecky because they didn't like what happened. And I'm just, my hope is, at least with Campari, because I agree with you on the wild turkey front, they're pretty good about letting the Russells do what the Russells want to do. Obviously, there's always corporate red tape that I'm sure they have to deal with. But my hope is that Diageo does the same with Balcones, right? There's a reason why these distilleries have made the splash that they've made, that they've gained the consumers that they've gained. And my, my fear is, will these large corporations look for other consumers by way of dumbing down the prod product, or will they look for other consumers by way of educating for their consumers, which is a much harder proposition than dumbing the product down. Yeah, just from that Glendronic example, my guess is the corporate bean counters say there are more consumers looking to drink red liquid that's 43% than there are consumers who want to drink red liquid that's 46%, right? And and that's, that's the... St- Dicky, icky yeah. part for us, for the type of person who would listen to a whiskey podcast like this, right? That That's the part where we say, well, for Glenn Farkless to continue to do what it's always done and where we valued it would need to be X, Y, and Z. You could also be a corporation that comes in there and says, yeah, but you know what? We know where the billions of people who drink red liquid live and we're going to sell it to them. And all of you nerds can go take a long walk off a short pier, right? Yeah. And, and I think that that's, that could be tied into, and, and again, you can almost read nothing into Chuck's so few words there, but but if, if it's an end to independence, if it's an end to innovation, if it's an end to that distillery doing what it did for nerds, like those are all legitimate concerns. Yeah. If those are indeed his concerns, but I think there's still a part, and, and I think if there's anything to take away from today's episode, it's listening to, to Shane Baker talking about, yes, you can get corporate money behind you, but it can also open up more doors for your brand. Mm. And if your ethos is clearly in place, you can continue to keep it in place if you choose to sell to the right partner, right? They're... they're there are yeah. a number of ways to go about it. There are, but but if he's talking about an actual end to a whiskey boom, right? We're talking big picture here. You know, you think back back to the, the late 80s, early 90s when Diageo was selling off some of their bourbon distilleries and closing off, closing, shuttering, demolishing some of their scotch whiskey distilleries, just like so many other, you know, distilleries were shut. 
you know, I, I wonder if he's looking at it as if, okay, these distilleries are being purchased at the height of the boom. It's like buying a comic book at the height of its most valuable point only to lose money. And then what do you do? You, you sell it off to get as much money back as, as you can. And, and I wonder if that's what he's referring to. And, and so I'm going to continue looking at his blog and, and see if he has some deeper words about it. You know, we're, we're seeing it more and more where and you and I mentioned this privately, right? It's, it's, there's a recession coming. People are tightening their wallets a little bit. People are buying more drams at a bar than they are bottles from a shelf, you know? So what's going to happen? It seems with every economic downturn, there's a bit of a downturn in premium spirit sales. Like people are still going to drink, but they're not necessarily going to drink premium. But, <laughs> which is so interesting since so much of the first article we read was all about the premiumization. That's the mm-hmm. corner of the portfolio mm-hmm. that this is being put in. Mm-hmm. But, it, but you could also see why it makes sense to buy an established, a decade-old distillery and put distribution in place globally rather than going out to build a new distillery today that is two years down the line, five years down the line, a decade down the line from having everything in place, you can see the value in that Wilderness Trail acquisition that you're saying, hey, you guys have already, you know, you've been doing bulk sales. Let's bring all that in-house and let's let's sell that liquid in bottle. I think on that part, it's a smart move. Oh, yeah, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. And I don't want to sound like a negative Nelly, if that's even a term. I'm just being a bit cautious, cautious, maybe a bit protective of Wilderness Trail and Balcones. Like I do hope that Campari and Diageo remain smart and let them, you know, put out the quality liquid that they want to put out and not fuck with it too much. But as with anything, time time will tell. <laughs> Talking of time. All right. This looks like a super tight 35. It's a tiger. Let's get out of here on that note. Plenty to be watching in the whiskey world. Plenty to be discussing in the whiskey world. If you want to drop us a note, questions at onenationunderwhiskey.com. No E in whiskey or info at singlecastnation.com. That will make its way to us. And other than that, we thank you for continuing to listen to us. And... Peace. Peace. I'm, br- I'm just bringing a backpack, right? It's just a backpack. Just, just tell you. Just give me a backpack. Just give me a backpack. Give me a backpack. Give me a backpack. Give me a backpack. Don't know why you won't give me a backpack. Give me a backpack. Just give me a backpack. Here's the backpack. No, no, just give me a backpack. I know. Here's the backpack. Just a backpack. Yep. But here's the backpack. Just a backpack. Just give me a backpack. Here's the backpack. Can I have my Sometimes backpack the back? Easter eggs. Sometimes the Easter eggs write themselves. <laughs> Could you imagine putting that up? Oh, all right, let's jump in. Hmm. Prepare to fast forward. Preparing to fast forward. Fast forward. Fast forwarding, sir.
which expects to shift Wilderness Trail's product away from built, which expects to shift with, which ex, don't, don't. We call this having a Joshua Hatton moment. I call this a second Easter egg. Is what I call it. <laughs> don't, don't.